We wanted clarity from Tuesday night in the NBA. We got more chaos instead. Who clinched a playoff spot? Who missed out on clinching one? Who's moving up in the play-in standings? We're going to talk about all of that and set you all up for the rest of the week here on the Locked On NBA Podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. It's free. It's available everywhere podcasts exist. Shows on YouTube. You can see our big smiling bearded faces on YouTube every Wednesday. On Wednesdays, I'm John Corrales. I am the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. John, do you hang banners for play-in tournament clinching c- scenarios? Um, no, no banners for for anything. Like no that. banners for getting into the play-in. Okay, no, I was curious. No. Are you are you hoping for one? I know I know who's not going to hang one of those. Los Angeles Lakers. Oh man, what a season! Do we want to <laughs> pause. Do we want to give them the appropriate? Do we want to pour one out for the Lakers? The official pour time one out's probably the more appropriate response. I think <laughs> the Lakers. 1249 Eastern time, uh, 949 Pacific season eliminated, eliminated from everything, eliminated from everything. So they they don't even get their draft pick this year, which is fun. (laughs) That is just, uh, what, what a crash (laughs) and burn, what a crash and burn. So that means we don't have to talk about the Lakers anymore. We can talk about the playoff teams. This is how we're going to break this down, everybody. We're going to talk about the West later on in the third segment. There's a little bit more clarity there. Uh, The first two segments are about the East. In the second segment, we're going to to do the play-in, all of that. We'll start the show with the most insane race that we've seen in a very long time. The top of the East, one through six playoff race, which didn't get any clearer. After this game, after this night of games, we had Miami beating Charlotte 144 115, Milwaukee beating Chicago 127 106, Philly beating Indy 131 122. Now that we look at the standings after this game, it's the Miami Heat at 52 and 28 after their win, and three teams, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, all at 49 and 30, all two and a half games back. They are all still jockeying for position, although Miami's going to lock in. The, the number one seed soon. So two, three, and four completely, completely just up for grabs here. And they in the Celtics and Milwaukee stuff to play each other, the Celtics and Chicago are playing on Wednesday night. But for me, Jake, the biggest development in all of this is Milwaukee. And we meant, I think we mentioned it last week, getting Brooke Lopez back. Brooke Lopez carried the Milwaukee Bucks. They had Giannis in foul trouble. They had Middleton in foul trouble. And here comes Brooke Lopez with a 28.7 rebound, three block shot, two steal game. And if I'm the rest of the league, the rest of the East, I'm looking at Brooke being back and thinking, oh, crap. Because he, to me, snaps everything back into focus for them. They spent all season without him. And kind of cruising, but still there. They're still, like I said, the second seed. Now that you get Brooke back, 
That makes Milwaukee the scariest team because they can play their defense the way they normally want to play it, and they can they can run some offense through him when they get these mismatches. To me, Brooke, uh, um, Brooke Lopez makes the Bucks scary. He's a big part of it, right? You know, and this is a team that started to come into form as the season's gone on. You've seen Giannis kind of get back into that MVP conversation, and maybe Joel Embiid shut that door a week after we said maybe he wasn't going to be in it any, know, right? anymore in that game against them um, because he was incredible in this. But that really certainly helps them, right? Like, this is a team that maybe they don't finish second, and maybe it goes to Philly when you start to look at things like strength of schedule, where Philly's schedule is much easier going forward for all of these teams kind of in in that in that uh, area but they're going to be probably the more dangerous team in the postseason even if they finish third or so if they get him back to kind of being what he's capable of doing because he's been kind of the key down low for them it frees up Giannis a little bit too but we've seen him make defensive plays you just let him be him and you have everyone else as you said kind of fall into place around that that team is the team that won the title last year we shouldn't probably be ruling them out particularly with <laughs> Giannis playing at an MVP level no no and you know Giannis only played 24 minutes in this game it still dropped 18 points nine rebounds and seven assists um that that right there tells you a lot and um Middleton only shooting three of ten from three and and the Bucks still getting contributions the depth starts to show itself um th- this is this is a Bucks team now that's it's clearly established itself as I think even more dangerous than what the Miami Heat can be. Now the Miami Heat are potentially dangerous because I feel like Kyle Lowry has spent most of the season just kind of chilling, you know, passing the ball a ton, not really looking for his own shot at all, and he's going to start ramping up. So Miami will be will be dangerous. The top of the East still like very very dangerous teams. Philadelphia after this game. Here's Philly uh blowing out the Indiana Pacers. Now the Pacers are not a good team, but they've been playing pretty well against other I just saw them take the Celtics to, you know, to the brink and and they have they have the capability to hit shots. Um they got offers from O'Shea Brissett, uh Isaiah Jackson. They've got got, you know, the guys who have been hitting some shots to give them uh, a shot offensively. But anyway, the story of this is Philly and their shot making and getting Tyrese Maxey hitting eight everything everything from three Tyrese Maxey shooting the way he's been shooting does make now Philly throw Philly into this dangerous team we've already established a lot of people have already elevated the Boston Celtics into that dangerous team Philly now with Joel Embiid saying, oh, you want to end this MVP conversation? 45 points, 13 rebounds, and a couple of assists. And then, like I said, Maxi shooting the way he does. If, if you get three-point shooting like this from Philly, Jake, then, whoa, watch out. It, it changes things, right? And, and Joel Embiid was dominant in this one, too. 45 points. 45 points. He decided he wanted to come out and try and win the MVP in this game, and maybe he's convincing people, right? This is such a fun race as it goes down to the wire. You look at all of these teams, and there's reasons to love all of them. 
You mentioned Kyle Lowry with the Miami Heat, but you also have Tyler Hero coming off the bench in this one, as he's been doing. He's going to win sixth man of the year, scoring 35 points. To have a guy that can give you that against subs and give you such an advantage when your starters are resting, that's a huge, huge thing when it comes to the playoffs and you're playing tighter rotations a little bit. For the Philadelphia 76ers to maybe have the MVP and then just get more shot-making around him, I don't know if Maxie's going to make eight threes, go eight for 11 all the time, but he's been very good for them this season. And if he gives them a little bit more, can you defend Joel Embiid the exact same way? So you look at all of these teams, right? And there's all, there's reasons to like them all around. And that's why we probably didn't get any separation. Like we thought we were going to get on this. Want to play a little real or fake? A spring of real or fake. We can do that. Oh, yeah. on Wednesday. Okay. Real or fake, 42.9% three-point shooting from Tyrese Maxey this season is something that will be sustained in the playoffs. No, it's fake. Come on. Like, as much as I like him, I liked him going into the draft um, when he was picked, you know, I don't know. I don't think he's going to sustain that in that role as we go into the postseason, but I don't think he's a scrub either. So I'm going to go fake there. I mean, I I do think the shooting is is kind of – just eye popping here. Um, but there's nothing, there's nothing that indicates to me that there's a drop off coming. He shoots about the same on the, you know, home and road. He's kind of been somewhat consistent throughout the meat of the season. You know, I'm looking at his splits now, April just started. So he's, he's super hot in April shooting 65%, but it's only April 6th. Um, but he's, he's been up around 40. The only thing I can tell you is that in the win in wins, he's shooting 40, 48 and a half percent in losses. He's shooting 34 and a half percent. Like this could be the bellwether Tyrese Maxey's shooting. And that's the story with the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers have Harden. Who's kind of like, eh, you know, like still figuring things out. But in a, a game like this one, he had 14 assists. Fine. He's distributing. Other guys are hot. They're hitting, they're hitting their shots. If Tyrese Maxey is hitting his three pointers, the Sixers are a championship contender. If, he and to a lesser degree, Tobias Harris. If he, because if Tobias Harris, they're not relying on him to hit those three pointers necessarily. But if he's hitting as well, then they become super great. But if they're not, if there's no shooting and you feel comfortable leaving Tyrese Maxey and he's not hitting those shots, then you can win a series. They could lose in any round. Yeah, they they become series. Uh, well, I don't want to say much easier to defend, but easier to defend and allows you to double a guy like Joel Embiid when maybe you wouldn't be able to do that otherwise. So it might, yeah, I agree with that, but I'll say that part's real, that it might come down to how well he plays, whether they're a true title contender or not. Like that, that's that's real and not fake. I, I can buy into that one. I'll, I'll just say, I'll say fake as well, because it's just going to be so hard for him. He's a second year player. I don't yeah, think exactly. he's going to sustain that level. Is he... Now, then the question, the follow-up question will be, at what level shooting is he still effective enough to get this job done? That's going to be the question for the Philadelphia 76ers. But he shot lights out in this one, and now we've got this log jam at the top. Tomorrow, or tonight actually, Wednesday, Celtics in Chicago. The Celtics have an opportunity to get a little bit of separation if they want it. Teams are jockeying for position to try and figure out who they're going to play on the bottom half, and and teams are still trying to get out of the play-in. Let's come back and talk about the other games here. We'll talk a little bit about Chicago. we got Toronto. 
We've got Cleveland. We've got Brooklyn with a hell of a night for Brooklyn. That's going to come up when we come back. I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets, really, everything came up Millhouse for the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about that after I tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. And that means polarized lenses, uh, well-constructed, durable frames, premium, high-end finishes, and and really stylish stuff. Uh, and the other thing that you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Listen to this. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. Let's say that again. Lost and broken protection. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them for any reason. So make up a good one. It doesn't matter. They're going to send you a new pair. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you pay nothing. It is as simple as that. If that's not good enough, they 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. So exclusively for our listeners, you can head over to ShadyRays.com. Use the code LOCKEDON. And then on top of all of that, you get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. How about making Locked On now your second listen? You're going to get some more in-depth Stuff from each game this Tuesday on on this Tuesday night slate, especially the Phoenix win over the Los Angeles Lakers, which we will no longer be discussing, and the Oklahoma City Thunder 98-94 win over the Portland Trailblazers. No disrespect to Jalen Hordes, 24-point, 21-rebound night. That's the most you're going to get out of us. But Locked On Now will give you both sides of each game. That's what Locked On Now does. So check them out uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to watch them on YouTube, they're right here on this feed, the Locked On NBA feed. Let's bring Jake back in on the YouTube feed to talk about that lower half of the East that is also in flux. Toronto beats Atlanta 118-108. The Cavaliers lose to the Orlando Magic, a real bad loss for the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brooklyn 118-105 over the Houston Rockets. And Jake, Brooklyn is the big winner of the night because they win and all of their play-in competition loses. Charlotte, like we said, to Miami. Atlanta, like I just said, to Toronto. Cleveland, like we just said. Brooklyn now jumps into the 7-8 game and controls their own destiny moving forward. Uh, A huge win for the Brooklyn Nets. But still, though, um, I'm not entirely sold on Brooklyn being as dangerous to these other teams. If they're in that 7-8 game and you're now the two seed or the one seed, um, how much are you fearing Brooklyn after this, you know, it t- it takes 42 points from Kyrie Irving. You know, they, they, it seems like they always need a monster performance from one of the these two guys, Kyrie and Kevin, to just kind of get past lesser teams. Yeah, right. Like that's the, the the thing. And they just announced too that Ben Simmons isn't going to be 
playing for them in the playing tournament. So that takes a big part of that away from them too, right? It feels like they do need a little bit of reinforcements and they're not getting that in Ben Simmons, who would certainly help them defensively, if anything, right? Their team that can probably get by without his shooting, hence some of the trade and all of that for him. But it does take some heroics, I think, for this team. And if that for whatever reason, it's an off night, are they going to be able to really go out and get that? And I'm not so sure. You know, Patty Mills, while we like that move in the offseason, he was just two of eight in this game. They need him to step up and do that. LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't make a shot in this game, doesn't finish with any points. Are there guys you can really rely on if their stars in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are defended well enough. You can't really slow those guys down entirely, but if you limit them just enough to force others to step up, I don't know if I feel comfortable in those role players being able to do things like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm still on the Brooklyn doesn't have enough. It, I mean, it's possible that Durant and, and Kyrie can go off at the same time and, may, and outscore you. Are they going to outscore... Look at the top of the East. Miami and, and Boston are like Boston has the top defense overall. Miami is one of the top defenses. Milwaukee's defense has struggled, but when they have Brooke Lopez, that has historically been one of the best defenses in the NBA. They, the Brooklyn Nets, all of this fear of like, let's not, you got to get down into the third or fourth to avoid Brooklyn. Like, I just don't see the magic of, Brooklyn, um, I understand fully how dangerous they are, but I also understand how good these defensive teams are. And also that all of these teams at the top have elite scorers in multiple scoring options. They're going to make it very, very difficult for the Brooklyn Nets to stop these teams. So like the thing there, right, with them is they're they're terrifying in a one game playing situation and they're, they're probably oh, going to yeah. get up to the seventh seed. They have to play Cleveland still. They'll probably win that one because Cleveland is sliding pretty hard with a horrific loss against the Orlando Magic tonight. So they only need to get one game to get in. They probably finish seventh and they're scary in that scenario but are they then scary as the seventh seven game series? And I think it's less so for all the reasons we've just outlined before. I don't want to play them in the play in tournament. That would terrify me if I was one of those teams, certainly, but over seven games when I've been at the top of the East and I've established myself, I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. I, you know, I, I still even if Atlanta climbs into eighth, I still, I, I still will pick Brooklyn, but I think Atlanta could give them a run. I think Atlanta has has enough offense to give them a run. Uh, meanwhile, let's let's forget the play-in stuff. That's the play-in tournament. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors, who clinched the play. Now, at least we know who the top six teams are going to be because the Toronto Raptors clinched with their win over the Atlanta Hawks once again. It's Fred Van Vliet who just happens no matter how crappy a night he's having and he was four of 12 and two uh, four of 21 and two of 12 from three but that one three was like the biggest three of the game and Fred Van Vliet just keeps coming into you know hitting hitting big shots Pascal Siakam is you know really good hitting a really really good shot. like both ends of the floor 
punishing mismatches. He's got the length to do it. He's playing on, on the defensive side. So, so Toronto is no worse than six. They've made the playoffs for the eighth time in nine years. The rest of the East probably finds Toronto extraordinarily annoying because they keep being good and there's just no way that they can not be good. And they are, they might be the team. They might be the team here in the East that actually has that. No one wants to play this team in a series. And a lot of these top teams in the East have been maneuvering for that three, four spot. And your, your three, six could be Toronto. Uh, your four, five could be Toronto. People are dying to face the bulls because the bulls are, 0-4 against the Bucks. No Lonzo Ball. Against 0-4 against the Sixers. 1-1 against Boston, and they play Boston on Wednesday night. They just lost Lonzo Ball for the rest of the – like, he's out. They're, everybody's lining up to try and play Chicago. I don't think anybody's yeah. lining up to try and play Toronto. No, I, I feel like the Bulls are basically done. There, there's going to be no yeah. deep postseason run or anything like that for them. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. It ended up being a very good season. They were more surprising than I thought they were going to be. Um, but Toronto's the team. Again, Toronto's Toronto, right? Like, this is what they do. Like, this is what they do. They look like the Toronto Raptors that we've come to know. Pascal Siakam is an all-star caliber player, and he's so good. He's capable of leading them. Fred Van Vliet can hit the big shots when he needs to, even if he's having an off-shooting game. They defensively are creative. They're well-coached by Nick Nurse. Are they going to win the title? No. Are they going to get out of the first round? Pro probably not. But is that series going to go to six to seven games? Are they going to make you really earn that series win? Oh, hell yeah, they are. Absolutely. <laughs> and that can be taxing. And sometimes you don't want something like that, right? But it's a three, you know, three, six game. That seems kind of about right for that. You know, I don't know. They could put it all really all together and, and get hot enough. I think they're still missing a little bit of the depth that you'd like to see from a team like yeah. that. But no, they're, they're not bad. I don't look at them and go, okay, they've got nine guys that I really trust eight guys that I really trust in this. I think they have some, but I don't think they're there with me just yet. And they're probably a season away from actually kind of getting to that point. But the top five is good there. I, I think the thing about Toronto is that they're, they're just not afraid of any style of play. They will, they if we're comparing this to a fight, the rest of the playoffs are like, UFC matches like brutal knockdown, do anything you can to win. And the, the Raptors are like street fighting in the mud, bare knuckle. Like they just is something not working. They have no qualms about like, let's go to this zone. Let's go to this style of play. Let's pick up full Nick, court. Nick nurse, right? Like this is what he does, right? A fight. He's going to break like a guitar out over someone's head or something. Right. Along this lines, is a probably. table ladders and chairs match against the Toronto Raptors. It's just what it is. And like, that's the part it's, you can sit there and say, they've got some talent. Like I said, Siakam is playing at an all NBA level. Scotty Barnes is potentially the rookie of the year. I don't know if we trust a rookie in the playoffs, you know, but he's, he's playing the way he's playing Van Vliet. Everything that we've said about him still stands. And, but, they're just all bought into whatever it is. Do you want to, you want to pivot? You want to play man? Fine. You want to pivot to some junky triangle on two? Sure. No problem. They will do whatever it takes to junk up the game 
and they will poke you in the eyes. They will hit you with assault, Mr. Fuji style in the face. They will do whatever they need to do to make the, to give themselves a chance to win. Does that work in a seven game series though? Does it works in one game? Does that work over seven games when you have time to make adjustments and prepare your team for things like that? They don't have, look, it, there's not, it's not like a bottomless bag of tricks that, that maybe it is actually that Nick Nurse has to be able to pull out schemes and things like that. You know, over seven games after maybe they surprise you in the opening game and it's a little bit closer in a series than you sure. want. Does the does that gimmicky kind of stuff, right? Yeah, they, they throw some weird coverages at you and that can throw off a team for a bit, but after a couple of timeouts, after trying to review some film as you're prepping for the series, does that become almost easier to counter and less effective as time goes on? So I think I think the the junkie style can win you a game. I think Van Vliet can win you a game, and I think they can all get hot enough from three to win you a game. Now, does all of that happen in the same series? I don't know. But all of those things are possible. Nick Nurse. Oh, yeah. Look, again, you don't want to play. You don't want to play them. Like, they're going to annoy the hell out of you. (laughs) If they they get two of those, if they get Van Vliet going for 20 and a quarter and he wins you a game, and they get one game where they just throw all this junk at you, spitball their way into – a win. Okay. So now they've got two wins. They need two more. Well, now you're a sprained ankle away from, from now lose, you know, like that type of stuff is, is where they just, it's not that I'm afraid for one of the top four seeds to lose to Toronto, but I'm saying that Toronto gives themselves a chance to win in a series where you sit there and be like, they have, they have no, they have no opportunity to, they, they shouldn't win this series. It should be a five game series. Like, ah, I'm not, I'm not going down that road with Toronto. I, I, I just, I've seen it. I've seen this movie before that this will go seven games and you, you'll need, you need to, they're the cockroaches of the East. They just don't die. And I say that with <laughs> that's all a, that's respect. a compliment, right? Like that that's a compliment. I think compliment. it's an absolute compliment. Um, I, I mean that I'm sure like, I, I hope that the Toronto Raptors fans understand that that's like the biggest compliment that I can give them. All right, let's talk about the West. Let's come back and talk about the West because we did get some clinching there in the West. First, I got to talk to you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Um, maybe you say, I'm not so sure I want a protein bar, John. And they're like, hey, how about this? What if it's a great replacement for your chocolate bar? You have a, a sweet tooth and you're like, oh, I, yeah, I have been looking to get rid of some of these chocolate bars that I eat every once in a while. Replace that with a built Bar. Not only are you going to get 17 grams of protein or four grams of sugar or four net carbs and only 130 calories or so, compare that to twice as many calories, exponentially amount, the, the amount of sugar, you still get covered in chocolate, great flavors, all of that stuff. Uh, and, and you get protein, which your body needs. But if you are looking for a protein bar, this is better than all of them because it's like a little treat. Plus, you get the protein and the calories don't blow out your cardio. You really can't lose with Built Bar. And if you want something different, go to Built.com. They've got Built Puffs, which is a protein-infused marshmallow. They've got uh, a ton of other protein-infused products, which is a great way if you're struggling to figure out a way to get protein into your diet. This is a great, delicious way to do it. Go cruise through built.com. Use the promo code lock 15. You'll get 15% off your order, but feel no pressure to buy 
too much too uh, like don't feel like you got to buy everything i'm confident enough that if you just go buy one thing with the promo code lock 15 you go back lock 15 you works every single time every single time you get 15% off your order whatever you want to buy every single time lock 15 for 15% off at built.com all right jake let's get into the west which we saw four games out west with um and all of them had playoff implications to some degree Utah beats Memphis uh, 121-115 in overtime in a game they desperately tried to lose. They really tried to lose that game. They missed a ton of free throws down the stretch. They they basically invited Memphis to lose to, to win this game. Memphis couldn't do it. Uh, Washington Wizards beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a tough loss for the Wolves, 132-114. Spurs beat the Nuggets 116-97. That's a tough loss for Denver. And your Pelicans... You know this. They beat the Kings 123-109. Utah clinches a playoff spot with their win, but Denver's loss means the Nuggets have not clinched because Minnesota owns the tiebreak. There are two games to play, and Denver is only two games up on the Timberwolves. So it's still possible that the Denver Nuggets can fall into the play-in game. I don't think it's going to happen because Denver's next two games – are Memphis, who has nothing to play for, and the Lakers, who are done. And Minnesota's next two games are the San Antonio Spurs and the Chicago Bulls. So what do you think, Jake? Slight, slightly tougher. No, th- that Lakers game's probably like the kind of de facto tiebreaker. Like, they're done. They've got nothing to play for. They're officially eliminated from play-in tournament contention. That's probably going to be a win for Denver to make sure that they don't have to be in the play-in tournament. It's probably, they're probably finishing as the sixth seed, and Minnesota's going to finish as seven is, is really what I expect. But Minnesota kind of wasting that opportunity to get this win oh, over the Washington Wizards. The, now, the, the Wizards are playing tougher, right? Like, they, they've they basically been out of this since the All-Star break. But they're 6-4 and four in their last 10. This is not a team that's giving up. This is a team that has actually been fighting hard recently and is getting more wins than they probably want at this point in time. So credit to them. But this loss should kind of shock Minnesota a little bit and go, oh, whoa. Maybe it's not a guarantee that we get out of the play-in tournament. Maybe we are going to have to play two games instead of just one. This is something that needs to wake them up a little bit because I'd feel a little bit nervous after that. Yeah, if we look at that play-in tournament, the play-in tournament is pretty much set. I mean, the Pelicans get yeah. their win, but they're not moving up. They don't have enough. They're they're locked into that 9-10 game. It's just a matter of who gets home court. Um, the Clippers and either the Timberwolves or the Nuggets, but probably the Timberwolves will, will play. This is, this is a bad, like Minnesota having a chance to win this and win the, win the game tonight and, and close the gap to one really would have put some pressure on Denver. Now yeah. you said that Denver probably wins that game against the, the Lakers, but like I said, they also have a game against Memphis and Hey, you know, Memphis is locked into their, their thing, but they could play spoiler. Oh yeah, no, totally. The the other thing with the Denver nuggets is they need to be like thrilled. Minnesota lost this one because that Denver bench is so damn bad. So, so awful for that team. There's no reason lost to the San Antonio Spurs of giving up a ton of points. All of their bench players pretty much. It felt like, 
I don't with the way Denver has played and looked at times this year, I don't know if I would have felt good about them coming out of the playing tournament, right? You could see the Clippers doing really well against them, and then either the San Antonio Spurs who just beat them or the New Orleans Pelicans, who have a little bit of depth to them, kind of maybe surprising them if you know no one shows up to play other than Jokic. Yeah, I mean, look, they 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 just lost to a Spurs team that didn't have DeJounte Murray. Um, right. And that's 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 a tough one. That's a tough one to swallow for Denver. I I, I just be honest, like so much of the conversation around Denver is is simply about Jokic. And look, he had another MVP level performance, 41 points, 17 rebounds, four assists. But you know, they they lost. And you know, people people will look at the standings and it's it's rightly pointed out that. If you're comparing him to Embiid, the Sixers only have two more wins. But it seems like I don't know. There's there's something about the Nuggets that if you're voting for MVP, there's just this distaste for like big time. You know what I mean? Like it's not fair. Like none of this is fair. None of these award voting is fair. And it's like I said last week, people are just looking for reasons to eliminate. And last last week we saw people coming up and taking like grabbing the reins and, and this week we're seeing people kind of give people reasons players giving people reasons to say oh well don't vote for me this week um i don't know how that's gonna go but denver if if even at six they are currently slated to play the warriors but they could get the mavericks there's i think if curry comes back and maybe even curry doesn't come back they be favored against Denver. Does Denver even make it out of the first round? Here's here. Let's go real or fake. Real or fake. Denver makes it out of the first round. Probably, probably fake. I I don't I don't like this team that much. Like I I I think that bench is such a liability for them and has been all season, right? And they just didn't do anything to really fix it. They haven't found any sort of answer for it. You know, part of it is because uh, Michael Porter Jr. and yep. Jamal Murray not really being around. If they were healthy, I'd talk differently about this, but no, like I, I'm not a big believer in this team when the bench just can go through periods of time where they get completely buried. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to say it, but I also believe it's fake. I, I just think that Denver is, is due for a first round exit. And, you know, hopefully for them next year, they, they get healthy because this is a team that, that can be, can be really good. You put two more. And weapons. DeMarcus Cousins, it would be so much fun to see him doing season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess it would. I guess it would. Uh, getting back to the Utah jazz. Uh, I wonder if this can be any kind of springboard for the jazz because when I say they tried to lose this game, they, they missed, uh, I, geez, I should have looked this up before I started talking about it, but I think they missed like four out of five free throws late in the fourth quarter. Um, I know Bogdanovich missed a couple Donovan Mitchell went one for two. Like they, they, they just kept missing free. They didn't have to go to overtime. They should have led that game by seven or so points by the end. But the fact that they, and then what the jazz do, is they keep putting themselves in position to have bad luck. Like that last second three-pointer, I think Desmond Bain took the three-pointer in regulation. If that hits airballed rim, it. Right. <laughs> he airballed it. And normally you'd be like, oh, yeah, you airballed the last second three. That's great. Except 
because he airballed it, it went um who were slow Kyle Anderson it. grabbed it, got slow the got it. the putback. It went it, it became this it came almost like this lob pass right into Anderson's hands, and he puts up the 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 putback. If that hits the rim, then game's over. But you put the jazz keep putting themselves in position to get burned by bad luck on top of everything, but they they dominated, they dominated the overtime. And I just wonder if like this can be the flashpoint of like, all right, we actually didn't blow this game. Maybe this can be like a start of a let's, you know, a little bit of a turn. You clinched the playoff spot. You didn't blow this game. Light the fuse. Maybe the rocket goes up. No, have you have you seen the Jazz recently? There's not I mean, a chance that the the rocket goes up and they go on a run on this. I'll I'll come in strong on this one. I, I'm not a big believer in this Jazz team right now. We talked about them last week because they had just blown a 20 24 point lead to the Los Angeles Clippers. Right? It was yeah. horrible. They, they they you know they shouldn't have lost this game. They didn't lose this game. They did also beat one of the hottest teams in the league, which is whenever the Memphis Grizzlies play without John ja Morant, as they didn't have in this game because they're amazing without him for some reason. So it's a good win, right? But Donovan Mitchell struggled throughout a lot of this game, and no one else was you know capable. It took Jordan Clarkson to do it. Rudy Gobert got twenty two in this one, but. You're not going to win very many games if Donovan Mitchell is shooting six of 24. He's not going to always do that. But I also don't really believe in Jordan Clarkson to really step up all the time. And we've seen how Rudy uh, Rudy Gobert can get played off of the court at times in the playoffs. So, cool. Get this win. Clinch your spot. And then we'll see you next year, basically. We can skip watching them in the first round, it feels. I'm coming in like really hot taking <laughs> you here. You are coming we'll be, like, fired, fired tomorrow. Flames. Um, it's just again, they're four and six in their, you know, the, in their last sure, ten. There's sure. nothing about this team that inspires a ton of confidence to me. I get it. I get it. Uh, before the game, Quinn Snyder made a basically 20 minute impassioned uh, soliloquy about the narratives around this team, the narratives uh, about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. In, in all of that stuff, because there, there had been this st- thing going about like, oh, Donovan Mitchell only passes the ball twice to Rudy Gobert per game. It's passes, not even assists. It's two passes to Rudy Gobert in a game. Yep. All right. That, that sounds bad. And, and Quinn Snyder's point was like, you're, you're on top of all of the problems that are going on. You don't have to go and make things sound bad. You know, it makes you're, you're trying to make the this look worse than it really is. I don't know if that that speech is going to mean anything. I don't know. I'm sure he's he's trying to reach his players through the media and kind of let them know that he's got their back. Look, you got that. You got this 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 game. It's a meaningful it's still meaningful to me like just from a mental health perspective like Sure. turning turning around like they were choking down the stretch. Again, I, I again I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to overreact, but I'm also looking at it and saying when you are trying to choke again and you actually don't, like maybe there's a little bit of a just something to watch. There's a little bit of a an exhale that they can do that maybe they they stop at the very least not 
choking these games away. You know, like if if the Utah Jazz can just play a normal fourth quarter, they'll be okay. They, the, they'll they'll stop choking thinking. the games away because there's not that many games left. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I don't <laughs> think that they're – I still don't think they're title contenders, but if you just play normal basketball in the fourth quarter, they'll still be tough. They'll be okay. They just got to stop, they, like, choking. Yeah, no, I get it. And look, they, they've got three games left, and two of them are against the Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers. So if there's ever a little mini run for them to go on, it's probably this kind of stretch here where that should be two easy wins for them to kind of right the ship. And as you said, kind of exhale, right? Okay, we made it. We're not coming in on like a five-game losing streak or something like that. We can breathe again. And they'll go into the playoffs like that. There are important games on Wednesday night. Dallas has a game against Detroit. That's going to affect seeding there. Um, Utah, like you said, they have a back-to-back against Oklahoma City. See if they can get fat there off uh, an OKC team playing basically anonymous people at this point. So we'll see. They'll have it all covered on the Thursday Locked On NBA podcast. This has been fun. This is a crazy week to end this. The East is nowhere near decided. So much in flux. So make sure you're following all of these teams. My my team included Lockdown Celtics for uh, all the in-depth stuff for all of those teams at the top. And then, of course, um, follow all the teams in the playing tournament. So uh, let's sign off by saying I'm John Corrales, you're one of your regular Wednesday hosts, host of Lockdown Celtics. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of Lockdown Pelicans. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. All right, everybody. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Check out Locked On Now. Check out Locked On Bets. Check out Locked On all of these NBA teams. Catch the show on YouTube, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Locked On NBA podcast.